Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. It's not medical marijuana. It's CBD. And if you're into health magazines and journals, you already know the reported health benefits of CBD can be very compelling. Now, I use the CBD distillery salve, and it's perfect for me. It's perfect for my lifestyle. It's like it's not even there. It's easy to use. There's not that smell that you get with most salves, and it's honestly perfect for what I do on a daily basis. CBD is the potent compound extracted from the hemp version of cannabis. There's no high, it's legal, and you don't need a script when you buy from the source I trust, cbdistillery.com. Where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, cbdistillery.com are the experts. If you're into health, you'd be wise to visit cbdistillery.com. Do your research and see what CBD can do for you. Go to cbdistillery.com and enter BUSTED for 20% off. Again, enter BUSTED for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. This is the BUSTED Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the BUSTED Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about that three-hour mess. I'm sorry, that three-hour Raw bully from last night. I loved Raw last night. I loved everything that was on Raw last night, everything they did, the matches, the character development. What I loved the most about Raw was we finally got to see the beginnings of Oscar and Becky Lynch. Now, obviously, Bully's a little distracted because, as everyone knows, it is National Pierogi Day today. So, you know what? Everybody celebrate and have a nice pierogi of their own. And after everybody is done listening to the podcast, as Dave said, enjoy your own pierogi because Dave is on his way right now to go enjoy his. Now, I'll get a pierogi. When we were watching Raw last night, there was no Seth Rollins, so obviously we're going to get into a lot about the lack of your universal champion, Seth Rollins. And it looks like Bobby Lashley is getting a little bit of the borscht, not the pierogi. (laughs) And we talked to Nick Aldis because tonight, 6.05 Eastern Time, the debut of NWA Power. We'll get into all of that bully on this episode of the Busted Open Podcast. This is going to be a very difficult show to do today. Why? Because what I watched last night was absolute garbage. What did you watch last night? Shit! I watched shit last night. It's called Monday Night Raw from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time on the USA Cable Network. That never happened last night. That never happened? No. We're not acknowledging Monday Night Raw from last night. So we're going to completely forget that it ever happened. They want us to completely forget that Hell in a Cell happened, so why should we talk about Raw? Amazing. How about this, Bully? Last night, they finally... I mean, there was a reason for it, but... Well, I mean, I I think, you know, we talked about Seth Rollins not being on TV. Obviously, they heeded that warning. They didn't mention the main event of a pay-per-view the next day until two and a half hours into that show last night. I mean, I don't have a problem with the timeline of it. I really, really don't, especially because of what Raw was last night. There's a lot of people out there bitching and moaning on social media because of what they saw and because of what they didn't see. They weren't happy with the three-hour show that they got, and they were less happy that there was no follow-up from Hell in a Cell. But do you want me to tell you now, or do you want me to tell you later why you got what you got last night? I mean, I think you should tell us now. I mean, I think you know, but I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let the audience know. For those of you who are pissed off about Raw last night, you have to understand this. Last night was basically, and I hate to use this term, but it's true, it was a throwaway show. 
And the reason why it was a throwaway show is because what we have coming up this Friday on SmackDown. It's the first night of the draft. And then next Monday on Raw is the second night of the draft. So what the hell could they possibly do last night that is going to make any sense since we're getting this monster draft? But the one thing they did do actually excited me and made sense. And what's that? Well, you're going to get Becky and Asuka on the same side. Yes, you definitely are. After what we saw last night, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to be on the same brand. Yeah, they're going to be on the same brand. And uh, interesting, you know, they're, they're, I wonder where they heard all this before on this uh, green mist, this speaking <laughs> in Japanese. Uh, how many people in the WWE do you think actually listen to Busted Open? I mean, you would know better than me. I mean, all right, wait, there's two questions from what you said. How many people from the WWE listen to Busted Open? And how many people would admit that they listen to Busted Open. Very different answers to those two questions, Bully. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. But I was happy to see the whole... Listen, at, at the pay-per-view, I think they wasted the mist. Remember yesterday, Dave, how I said they wasted the mist at the pay-per-view? Yes. Imagine if they would have just saved it for last night. Well, you said... What did you say on the show yesterday? Save it for Becky. And where did we get the green mist yesterday? I'm Becky. She sprays it into Becky's eyes last night, and then Becky goes on social media. I actually stole the picture that uh, Becky used last night of her covered in the green mist backstage. I posted a tip this morning on social media. Um, That's what it should have been saved for, because that's when it meant the most. We didn't need the green mist for uh, the Kabuki Warriors to win the Women's Tag Team Championships. Should have been out of nowhere last night. It should have been impactful. It set the tone, and you're probably right about that. And obviously, when it comes to Asuka, the three things you said yesterday, show you, you mentioned about the green mist, which you've talked about for weeks here on Busted Open. They used it at the pay-per-view. You talked about how it should have been used on Becky. She used it on Becky last night on Monday Night Raw. And something that you've been saying, not for days, not for weeks, but for months now, Bully, is about what... Asuka should do on the microphone and the lessons that you've said on this show finally came to pass on Monday Night Raw last night. Uh, they, they were speaking, uh, her and um, Kari Sane, uh, Kari Sane uh, all in Japanese. Un, un, I liked it last night, but I hated it. I don't want to hear Asuka speaking Japanese with Kari Sane. As a matter of fact, I don't want to see Asuka doing anything with Kari Sane anymore. So what they did at the pay-per-view is they primed you with the mist. You saw it on the pay-per-view, and then you got it on Raw. So mm-hmm. what they did last night is they're priming you with the Japanese, and then once the draft happens, you'll probably see Carrie and Asuka on different brands. Asuka will be on herself, be by herself. Can't do that, Japanese. though, Bully. Can't do it. They're tag team champions. There's no reason why the WWE could not split up the tag team champions and then do another tournament. That's not beyond them to do it. Well, you know, maybe it, they maybe they do go to the same brand and maybe Asuka turns on her on her partner. But having if you're going to have Asuka involved with Becky Lynch, you don't need her as your tag team champion. Well, interesting thing when it comes to being a tag team champion, a women's tag team champion, bully, is that. You could be on both shows. There's only one tag team championship. So you could actually be on Raw and SmackDown. You could do some interesting things there. So that's not really giving away where Becky's going to be or what we're going to see in the future because I think those titles can go back and forth from every show. Dave, you are right. You're 100% I'm on board. But I could care less about Asuka I get it. involved in a tag team. But you, you, you kind of seem like wishy-washy on it. You're like, yeah, I get it. You really want to see Asuka involved in a tag team and be the women's champion when we know that the tag team championships when it comes to the men or the women are kind of just there for, for people who aren't doing a lot mm-hmm. to have something to do. Agreed. A, a talent like Asuka should always have something to do. There's no reason why you wouldn't have her doing so. If if she's as good as Charlotte and if she's as good as Becky and if she's good as Sasha and if she's as good as Bailey, why isn't she in the mix? Well, oh, because her English isn't that great? Who cares about her English? Speak Japanese for the remainder of your contract. 
Well, we said the same thing about Sasha and Bailey, and then there was a bit of us that hoped that, hey, maybe this is actually going to mean something for those tag team championships because it's the first time we saw those tag titles in a long, long time, and it really didn't mean anything at the end of the day and really caused probably more problems than good because once those titles were dropped at WrestleMania 35, Sasha was gone until just a few weeks ago. So it probably did more damage than good when it came to Sasha and Bailey, and obviously Obviously, Bully, you're 100% right. And this is not a knock on Kari Sane. I thought Kari Sane did an amazing job on NXT, but they really haven't done anything with her since coming up to the main roster or at that time, we could call it the quote-unquote main roster. But Asuka is above everything anything that you can get into when it comes to certain people on the women's division because like you said she's part of the elite group she's up there with the charlottes and the sashas and the beckys that's where oscar deserves to be and again those tag team titles are more of a distraction than anything else uh listen uh i agree oscar versus becky has money written all over it i wish they would have saved the mist for last night they didn't. We still got what we got. And, and Becky said on social media last night, I hope, this is, um, I hope this is your way of telling me that you want to go to war or something like that. So Becky is acknowledging it, and now we're going to get something that should be as good as Becky versus Sasha. Because I believe that despite the fact that people like Asuka, I believe she can get the heel heat on Becky that Becky truly needs. And you mentioned acknowledgement. Like Becky acknowledged what Asuka did. One thing that the WWE did a really, I guess you could say, horrible job or maybe a genius job of is completely ignoring the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view from... Sunday night. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Something you didn't get on Monday Night Raw last night was an opportunity to just shout it out, bully. Burn it down because there was no Seth Rollins on Raw last night. Oh, you sound very disappointed. Well, I mean, seriously, can you ever remember, with the exception of an injury, can you ever remember after a pay-per-view where the main event is for a championship and you don't see the champion the next night? There was no reason to see Seth Rollins last night. After I, I know that yesterday you said, we shouldn't see Seth Rollins. Do you think we're going to see Seth Rollins? But after no, after listening to what I told you about what kind of show it was last night mm-hmm. and the reaction at the pay-per-view, did, should you have seen Seth Rollins last night? No. I mean, you know, for, for multiple reasons. But let me ask you this, Bully, in all honesty. If you didn't get the reaction from the crowd like you did on Sunday, would we have seen Seth Rollins on Raw last night? There would still be no Rollins. No reason to see Seth Rollins last night. True, but would we would we have seen Seth Rollins? Uh, I can only say maybe based on the placement of last night's show, being a uh, a week away from the draft, really not meaning anything. No reason to see him win, lose, or draw. I'd actually rather see him sell the cage. I'd rather hear. Uh, I mean the cell. I'd rather hear the announcers say whether he won the match, whether he lost the match, <clears throat> whether it was thrown out by a pity referee. Um, <laughs> I'd rather hear the announcers just say Seth Rollins uh, was in hell in a cell last night, multiple injuries, blah, blah, blah. He's not on Raw tonight. I, I, I did not need to see him. But again... That was not that was not mentioned. So I, I'm just wondering, and maybe it's the conspiracy theorist in me. Maybe it's the fan in me. Maybe it's like I'm like the nation and I have my thoughts and opinions, which is why we love the nation as much as we do, Bully. But when the reason I said yesterday that you shouldn't have Seth Rollins on Raw had nothing to do with, hey, this is a weird type of show because everything's going to change come next week because there's the draft. The reason I thought it was a good idea to keep Seth Rollins off of Monday Night Raw is because I knew if he came down that entrance ramp, he was going to get booed from that crowd. 
So when I didn't see Seth on TV, right away I'm like, you know what? They're not putting him on TV because they're expecting a negative reaction for the Universal Champion, who they had beat Brock Lesnar twice at the two biggest pay-per-views of the year. And that, to me, is almost crazy when you really think about it. That you No, have when to, you really think about it, it's smart. It's smart, but... This is your guy. This is the one that you have as your universal champion. He's the face of your show. This is the guy that you've chose. Listen, Bully, you know better than anybody. It's a big deal if you beat Brock. Now, multiply that by 10 because you had Seth Rollins not only beat Brock once, but twice on the two biggest pay-per-views of the year. That's the company saying, this is our guy. This is the face of the show. He's our universal champion. He's the man. And you're not going to put him on the Monday Night Raw right after a pay-per-view because you think you're going to get booed? It's almost ridiculous when you think about it, Bully. But at the same time, I agree with you. It's the smart thing to do because he would have gotten booed last night. His wife is the man. His wife is the man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not his wife. Listen, if you, you have to be smart enough in the wrestling business to learn from your mistakes and see how what hand history has dealt you in the past Mm -hmm. so here's my here's my comparison what happened to roman reigns the night after he won the royal rumble in 2015 he got booed he got booed out of the building on monday night raw because he got force fed down everybody's throat everybody wanted daniel bryan to win that royal rumble Even The Rock couldn't save him on that night in Philadelphia. So, last night, uh, I mean Sunday night, at Hell in a Cell, Seth had did the best that he possibly could do with the hand that was dealt to him. People were did not like it. People were booing after the show. Forget about the AEW chance. Mm -hmm. They were booing the creative. They were booing the product. Um you know, yesterday I came on here and said that the heat went on the referee. I should have given you even more of a big picture. Yeah, in that moment in time, the heat is on the referee. But in reality, the heat is on the entire company. The heat's on the WWE. The heat's on creative because they hated it so much. But back to my original point, hopefully they learned by the Roman situation. That's why Seth wasn't out there last night. If we don't have a show... That's going to mean anything. Why bring our universal champion out there when there's a good chance, there's at least a 50% chance and probably higher, he's going to get booed out of the building. Let's protect our investment. Let's throw things like Lana, Bobby Lashley, and Rusev in people's faces to try to make them completely forget about everything, and then we'll pick up with the draft. Yeah, and and listen, this is a little bit of a different story because, like you said, this is a transitional show because it's the last show before the draft, and everything's going to change because of the draft. Maybe people are interested to hear from your universal champion, Seth Rollins, about the draft because who knows, that universal champion may no longer be on Monday Night Raw come next week. But I digress for a second. It almost reminds me of this situation. Let me get your opinion on this. At WrestleMania in Orlando, Seth Rollins went up against The Undertaker. And, man, you're going up against, I mean, the icons of all icons. And he beats The Undertaker. And at that point, you know, because the, the the coat was off, the hat was off, we thought that was it for The Undertaker. We thought we would never see The Undertaker again. And I, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. Like, you're going to, you know, there's been negative reactions to Roman Reigns, but what's it going to be like on Monday Night Raw tonight? Because now he's going to have to face that crowd in Orlando after beating The Undertaker and ending The Undertaker's career. But you know what Roman Reigns did, Bully? He faced that crowd. As a matter of fact, if you remember, he said basically nothing in front of that Orlando crowd. He started the show... And he stood in the middle of the ring, and he heard that negative reaction. And you know what they did from there? They moved on. Is it a good thing to put that? I mean, you're shaking Horrible your head. Horrible comparison. Why? Horrible comparison. Why? Why? Because 
They sent Roman Reigns out there the next night because it was the continuation of their creative. What happened at Mania went exactly the way it was supposed to go. Thus, they put Roman Reigns out there, and he said, this is my yard now. And 20,000 people in Orlando booed. There was no reason why Roman Reigns should not have been out there on Monday Night Raw. There was every reason why Seth Rollins should not have been out there against uh, last night on Raw. The people on Sunday night revolted against the finish. They were very, very adamant that they hated the way Hell in a Cell ended. If they're that okay. adamant, the mm. people were not upset about the, the 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 lack of creative with Roman and Undertaker. People were upset that Roman beat Undertaker. That's why you got the booing with Roman. It's two completely different it's things. It's interesting. One is, one is within the realm of pro wrestling. The booing that Roman got was within the realm of what they were doing. The booing that Seth got is outside of the realm because the booing that he got on Sunday night and across social media was, we don't like this, period. F your storylines. F your creative. This is not what we wanted. And it's not even about the finish. It's about the lack of creativity within the finish. All right, so this is interesting to me because I wanted to jump all over you and say, you know what? Roman came out there after WrestleMania, after beating The Undertaker, and he took the booze like a man. You know what? I don't care. I know I'm going to get the negative reaction. I'm going to stand in that ring, and I'm going to face the crowd, and I'm going to face the booze, and I'm going to take it on the chin, and I'm going to move on. And I was going to say Seth Rollins did the complete opposite. He knew he was going to get booed. He knew it was going to be a negative reaction, but he decided not to get into that ring and face that crowd. If I'm Seth Rollins and they're saying, you know what, you're not going on TV tonight, I'm going to like, no, wait a second. What do you mean I'm not going on TV tonight? I defended my universal title. I'm the champion. I'm the face of this show. I'm going to stand in the middle of that ring, and I'm going to face it like a man and take the negative reaction from that crowd, and I'm going to take it on the chin just like Roman Reigns did four years ago. But you said something that's very interesting that I didn't think of because you're right. Roman Reigns was getting a negative reaction because the fans didn't like Roman Reigns and they were pissed off at the fact that he had beat The Undertaker. What you're saying, and I agree with it, Bully, and it's a good point by you. The fans are not upset at the fact that he beat Bray Wyatt because he didn't beat Bray Wyatt because there was a non-finish to the match. The fans are pissed off because... That was a there terrible was a ending. There was a non match. And a Hell in a Cell match. So they're going to take their negative reaction about how they felt creatively about the end of that match, and they're going to put it squarely on the shoulders of Seth Rollins. And the WWE said last night, we are not going to have that burden on our universal champion. And yesterday I went a step farther, and I said that I'm concerned about them take the fans taking out their frustrations on NXT. Yep. Because I think there's a good chance that the WWE may have turned off some of their viewers and some of their fans. Just enough for them to want to go check out something else. And you know what? I'm not even going to say AEW. I'm going to say this. I think that there's a chance that the WWE pissed off enough of their fan base on Sunday night and last night that they might be encouraged to go check out a different wrestling company, whether that's New Japan, Ring of Honor, MLW, the NWA, uh, House of Hardcore. Who am I forgetting? You can throw anybody. MLW, Impact, right. you know, NWA now, everything. So, so and But directly correlated to the WWE, this might make fans go, you know what, we're so pissed off that what we saw on Sunday, and we know that we can't do anything about it, mm. but how about this? Maybe we just won't watch on Wednesday. Because Wednesday night is such an important night to the WWE right now. It was so important to them that they had to write a letter acknowledging that they got their ass handed to them. Think about that. And on top of that, what was trending? Not just some certain people were throwing it out there, it was actually trending, hashtag 
cancel my subscription. Like, that was trending on social media yesterday. Normally, uh, in the three years that I've been here, Dave, I don't believe whenever it. I hear... Huh? I said I don't believe that people are actually going to cancel their subscriptions, but it was trending yesterday. Here's the thing. Actually, I took the threat to heart wow. the other night. And it's because of people who screen-capped and sent me their cancellations. I've read a lot of things on social media over, over our time together on Busted Open where people threaten to cancel their subscription or threaten to not watch Raw or threaten to not watch a pay-per-view. And I always come on the show and I laugh and I go, yeah, but you're still going to watch. I think they may have had a couple of cancellations on Sunday. And I know that because of people who actually screen capped it and sent it to me. Do I think enough people canceled that it's actually going to put a dent in Vince's wallet? Nope. Do I think enough people canceled that, uh, uh, you know, uh, people on the, the board of directors or shareholders are going to turn around and go, hey, what the hell is going on here? Nope. But I know people canceled. And if they canceled, they may want to tune into something else. They may have done a little bit of damage on Sunday. I'm not saying that that damage can't be rectified. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. What did you think about the way Raw started last night? I wasn't a fan. Um, now, wait, wait. Um, it's a good question because they started, they didn't do their regular intro. They didn't have the pyro. They actually started with action in the ring. So, Correct. so boom. So, right there, I whoa, they grabbed my attention because it's not the, the usual setup. It's kind of like what you did today. We had a little bit of a different intro than we normally do here on Busted Open, and that's what they did on Raw. I, I... I'm not going to just completely shit on it just yet because I'm still kind of in that wait and see mode, but I'm, it's, it's a, it's a disconnect for me. This whole Rusev Lana thing. It's, it's, it's a complete disconnect. I mean, not only is it uh, for me, it's, it's forced. I don't know why it's happening. I mean, so eventually I'm hoping that they give us this big payoff as to why it happened and this all might make sense, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but mm. I mean, the beauty of things beyond the ring these days on social media is because they're very real. Animosities between wrestlers, wrestlers taking shot at each other's maybe because of their relationships and things like that. We know that what we're seeing on the screen is not real. Completely unrealistic. It's hard to completely detach and buy into Lana and Bobby Lashley because I know that Lana and Bobby Lashley are not a thing in real life. Now, I will say this. Lana has done a fantastic job on social media. Lana is very active on social media. And obviously, we knew about the whole Rusev-Lana you know, marriage and everything because of social media. And that got them in a little hot water years ago. Lana's going full on with this relationship with Lashley on social media. As a matter of fact, they did a great job on Friday night. They were on the, the red carpet together before SmackDown, Lana and, Lana and Bobby Lashley. So I, I think Lana and Lashley are doing their best to make this storyline work. But let's face it, Bully. You know, you always say you like a lot of realism in your wrestling. I feel the same way as well. The way this is going and the way they're reacting and the way that the setup with, with even Rusev crying in the ring, it, it, it just, it's, it's not reality. This is not how things would happen. And you have to couple that with the fact that you know it's not happening. And then on top of it, where did this come from? Like, where, where did this all start? Where did this all start from? And 
to show up on Monday Night Raw a couple of weeks ago and just start making out with another man, and then to be on Raw last night getting in bed with another man while you're in your own home and your husband's home, like Rusev would had to have done something absolutely horrible to Lana for her to want to get him get back at him like this, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, he just was like, I guess, giving money to his family. I mean, that's the only thing that they were explaining. That's the only thing Lashley said. Give a little money to the family, I guess, to help him out. Couldn't tell you why they're doing this. As a fan, I'm not invested. Um, Rusev versus Lashley in a match really doesn't do anything for me. What are they going to do? Have uh, Lana on a pole and whoever wins the match gets Lana's hand in marriage or, you know, whatever. It just, it, I love, I love good soap opera in pro wrestling, but I want my soap opera to be a little bit realistic. Well, first of all, Rusev can never go back with Lana. Like the way they set this up. But think of it, Bully. I mean, as a man, like, would you ever go back to a woman that's done what Lana has done to him? In yeah, Italian, yeah, we call like, that a gurnuto. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sleeping with another man in your own bed. I mean, come on. But, are, but but aren't there, like, dudes that actually like that? I mean, but this is obviously not that case. Because the, man's, you know? the man's crying in the ring. Here's You know what the bottom line is, Bully? You know why there's a complete disconnect with this storyline with you and I? Because we love Lashley and we love Rusev. We know Rusev's, Rusev is a whole lot better than the shit that he has to put up with on a weekly basis. We know that Lashley is much better than this bullshit that he has to do on Monday Night Raw. We know this. I mean, I come on the microphone. You came on the microphone. We were talking to Bobby Lashley in studio how he needs to be in a main event match with Brock Lesnar. Rusev was one of the top heels going into WrestleMania 31. He was fantastic. And this is what they have him doing? And I don't give a shit about this is how Raw is starting. That means nothing to me. The fact that you started Raw and in a couple weeks you ended Raw with this story. I'm sorry. To me, as a fan of Rusev, this is humiliating. It's humiliating. I mean, you're you're ripping this guy down for what reason? He should be your top heel in your company. Bobby Lashley should be a main eventer. They're above this type of a story at this point in their careers. Uh, Dave, I, I totally agree. That's it. End of story. Go to the nation. You ready to go to the nation? Yeah. Just let it be known that you're the one who said, I don't want to go to the nation. You said, said that. Let's go to the you nation. You said that, no. At the beginning, when we started the conversation, you said you didn't want to go to the nation. I'm just reminding is people. It, is, it o- is it okay? Hey, is it okay if I get your opinion on something? It's That's fine. But you're okay. going to... No, no. But Why this, are you wasting time? Go to the nation. No, because this is... I don't what, want to hear it. No, Go to the nation. No, because I'm going to be... Go li- to the nation. I have the, it's going to be... You're you. wasting time. Listen to me. Listen you to me. You just wasted 30 Listen seconds to of good nation Listen time. to me. Listen to me. Because I know... I, it's you and Mark Henry tomorrow on a Wednesday edition of Busted Open, correct? Hall of Fame and pain. Get it right, kid. So I'm going to be in my car... Okay, and I'm going to be listening to you, and then you're going to be going, let's go to the nation. LaGreca never goes to the nation, but on a Wednesday when I'm I'm hosting the show, we're going to go to the nation. I know you. That's what you're going to do. I just want to remind you and the nation that at the start of this segment, you said, I don't want to go to the nation. Wah, 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 wah. That being said, let's go to the nation. Let's go out to Quinn. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me ask you this. No, I'm only teasing. Let's go, Let's go out to Quinn and Indy. Quinn, what did you want to say about Oscar and Becky? Yeah, I wanted to find out if, if you believe anybody forgot about Oscar tapping Becky Lynch out and taking the title from her the last time. And I did want to comment on that uh, cage match that Hell in the Cell. What if uh, The Fiend is actually trying to bring Seth over to the dark side and, and he allowed all of that to happen? What if that's the storyline they're going with? That You know what, Quinn? Maybe, you know, maybe that's very, very possible where it comes to that Hell in a Cell match. It doesn't excuse a non-finish in a Hell in a Cell match. Like the fact that he wants to bring him over, that, you know, Seth Rollins snapped and now he's going to be a part. That could be great storyline moving forward. It doesn't excuse having a non-finish in a Hell in a Cell match. 
And when it comes to Becky and Oscar, Bully, and I think you agree with this, a lot of history when it comes to Becky and Oscar. Last night they did acknowledge it just a little bit. A little I mean, bit. Yeah, I mean, Becky acknowledged it just enough. I mean, I've been complaining on this show for months now about, you know, Asuka tapped out Becky, and we never hear about it. So Becky did just enough last night to acknowledge it. So so now nobody can say that she never acknowledged it. That's true. Getting back, and you know, with the uh, with the fiend thing, there are so many scenarios that ran through my head, like that end shot of him with the mandible claw on, on uh, you know, on Seth. It would have been great to see security surrounding the fiend, like they're about to all you know pounce on him or arrest him or do whatever, and then the lights should have went out in the arena. The lights should have came on. The house lights, all the lights should have came on, and the fiend should have been gone. Yeah, I agree with that. Let me ask you this, and I was curious, and I wanted to ask you about this yesterday, and I forgot. Do you think everyone's opinion would be different about that match if it wasn't a Hell in a Cell match? Like, if that was just a regular match, or I don't know, call it what you want, a Firefly Funhouse match, or whatever, would everyone's opinion have been different? Is this all because there was a non-finish in a Hell in a Cell match? Well, okay, so take Hell in a Cell out and replace it with a different gimmick match. Which one you do? Let's say, let's say it was a um, street fight. Let's say it was a weapons match. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying a match where you could have had a, a disqualification. It, it would have just had to be a regular match. But then for that part, then the match would have ended the minute True. One of the kendo sticks came into play. Yeah, you're right. I'm just I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here and thinking of a way that you could have had the scenario like you had Sunday night and not have the negative reaction like you did. And I don't think there I think, is. Uh, I, I really don't think so uh, either. I think they could have. But here's the thing, Dave. I think they could have taken what they had. And if they would have put a little bit more thought into it, they could have made it make sense. And, and like I said yesterday, just what the referee, if the referee would have put it on Seth, mm-hmm. if the referee would have just said to Seth, if you do this, I have to throw the match out. Something like that. I would have understood it. What, what do you mean even more sense is reversing the whole situation. True. Uh, what you said yesterday was genius, Bully. And the fact that it should have, the role should have been reversed. It should have been Seth that was lying on that mat for 10 minutes, and it should have been the Fiend that was beaten on him, and it should have been the Fiend that was stopped. And nobody would have been able to stop the Fiend, and a referee would have got knocked down, and another referee would have came in the cell to try to help him, and the Fiend would have put the mandible on one referee, and then another referee comes in, and he tries to save them, tries to kill him, and then here comes security, and here comes the medics, and nobody can stop the fiend and then the fiend puts the mandible claw on seth and we get the blood and just when it looks like all of the the cavalry is going to con- converge on the fiend and grab him that's when the lights go off in the arena and that's when the entire arena house lights come back on you go from red and black to pitch white and when they come back on the fiend is gone, and everybody is just looking at themselves in the cell going, where did he go? And there's a bloody Seth Rollins at everybody's feet. Love it. Let's go out to Chris in Long Island. Chris, what did you want to say about Raw last night? Hey, guys. How you doing today? What's up, buddy? Um, so, no, I didn't cancel my subscription. I'm not going to do that because I, I really do enjoy a lot of the old vault stuff and everything. Um, you know, I'm, get, I'm watching old WCW to get ready for NWA tonight, you yep. know, the 605. I'm Really excited about that. Don't forget, Nick but, Aldis um, coming up in about 15 minutes. Looking forward to it. Love the guy. Um, but having said that, I am going to give Raw and SmackDown a couple weeks off. You know, I know they got the draft coming up and, and everything. And, and I, after last night, I turned it off after about an hour. Um, just the, you know, the, the, the first hour of it was the, uh, that last, that last woman standing match dragged the hell on for me. It was, it was a lot. And it was just, it, I didn't really dig it. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the Viking, the Viking Raiders, that's what they're called, right? The Viking Raiders, uh, match with, uh, with Rude and, and Ziggler. It, it, that just, it seemed like it was a little, it was a little kinky. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, it, it didn't flow for me. And Rusev is one of my favorite guys and I don't get 
why every storyline that they have him in has to involve a damn love triangle. I, I don't I don't know why that that is the way it is, and it, it needs to be said. Vic Joseph is a corpse. I I I I, I can't listen mm. to him. He doesn't get any excited at all. Jerry Lawler is trying to do what Jerry Lawler does, but like you guys said, he didn't have he doesn't have Jr. there anymore to play off of. And and I don't think Dio Madden's a real person. I, I think he's just a synthesizer box where you hit a button and a freeze comes out because that's all you get out of him. It's just a drop in here and there. Like I don't I it, this is the worst commentator combination that he could put together, especially since you have Mauro Ranallo sitting in NXT doing great. Tom Phillips was great in uh, in, in SmackDown. I agree. Him to Raw. I, I agree. I don't get it. Now, Chris, I will say this. It's only been two Raws. You know, it takes a, yeah. a while for a commentating team to gel. And I don't think it's fair to judge them just based on two shows. I actually like Vic Joseph. And when it comes to what you're describing, don't forget, Vic Joseph is the play-by-play guy. You know, I'm I'm a big NFL fan. I think one of the greatest play-by-play guys of all time was Pat Summerall. The guy brought no energy and said absolutely nothing. But he had a gift. To guide things, I've, I'm not I'm not comparing Vic Joseph to Pat Summerall yet, but I'm just saying I think Vic Joseph is that's not his he's not that guy that's supposed to get you excited about those things. He's not the one to bring that out. He's the play by play guy, and I think he's actually very good at it. I I, I will right. I, I I will say this, Chris, and thanks so much for the phone call. It does feel, Bully, like a tremendous drop-off from SmackDown and NXT to the commentating team for Monday Night Raw. That's where I'll agree with Chris. Dave, when you hear a new song, how long does it take you to know if you like that song or not? Almost instant. There you go. I texted you the other night because I wasn't feeling the vibe or the energy from the Raw team their very first night. And you texted me and you go, it's their first night, give them time. All right, fine. I'll give them time. But I know pretty much instantaneously as a fan and as a performer if something is clicking. Those three guys are not clicking. I mean, I'm not hearing enough of Dio in any way, shape, or form. And when I do, it doesn't feel like he's bringing any meat and potatoes to the commentary team. Uh, I don't know if those three personalities are the right mix. And I don't know if they're helping to tell the stories that we need to hear. I'll do what you're doing. I tell people give storylines time. You're telling people give the announced team time. That's fine. That's the politically correct answer. If I put a gun to your head and said, do you think this commentary team is going to work out within the next three months? Is the answer yes or no? No. And I would actually say probably within three months there's going to be a change. Not a drastic change. I I guarantee you in three months, Jerry Lawler won't be a part of this commentating team. Does, does, see, I I love, Jerry's the man, but does he feel dated right now? He feels out of place. Only with the jokes. The the jokes don't seem to fit anymore, right? No, and they, it, it seems, it seems dated and it seems out of place. If okay. you're gonna if you're gonna go in, go all in. If you're gonna make a change and, and go younger and go with a more of a youth movement on Monday Night Raw, you can't have Jerry Lawler there. I'm sorry. And Jerry Lawler's a Hall of Famer and I love Jerry Lawler, but he does not work with Vic Joseph and Dio Madden. It just doesn't work. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Happy NWA Day, y'all. Yes, happy NWA Day. Now, as I said, I usually don't throw my staff under the bus, but like I said, Gabby is very smitten. You know, it's not every day that she gets to talk to the real-world heavyweight champion, and obviously we had what we had. So I apologize I she, for I the I think that she was blown away by the fact that I called in early. She was she was not prepared for my hyper-professionalism. She obviously hasn't dealt with the NWA and the National Treasure before, but yes, we'll give Gabby a pass. We're here to talk NWA power, gents. I mean, that's really what's all. The only thing that's important today is NWA power. I'm fired up. It's 6.05, and I feel alive. How about you guys? I love it. I love the fact that, A, you're rhyming, and, again, you're spitting facts as you rhyme because you could not have this show any other time 
than 605. Am I right? I, I think I agree. You know, and it's funny because some people don't necessarily understand the significance of it. Um, and the reality is, or at, the, at least the best of my understanding of it, was that the reason that it came on at 605 before was uh, it was a Ted Turner move just to make it different. So because you, you remember 605, you know, it's not six o'clock. Everything mm-hmm. started on the hour or on the half hour. And Ted Turner, being the, the genius and the entrepreneur that he was, said, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to have my time slot be 605. Here's my station. I can do whatever I want. And then everyone kind of, re- once you hear it once, you think 605. And then that's it. You, that, you remember it. I mean, I, you know, we obviously have a, a, a predominantly our audience, you know, in the early going of the, of the new NWA has been people in the South, you know, and, we're, and we embrace that and we're happy about that. And one of the things that I hear so, so frequently is, man, I used to 605 with me and my dad, you know, or whatever. And that, that's, the, that's the spirit that we want to try and recapture in the modern era. Nick, on the recent uh, edition of 10 Pounds of Gold, we saw Lagana taking us behind the scenes a little bit to the new studio that you guys had. It looks almost identical to the old school NWA studio. Can you please describe to us how it felt for you to walk in there and see everything right there in front of you for the first time? Oh, man. I, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad you've seen the 10 pounds because Jim Cornette's, uh, I mean, for me, like the biggest part of that thing for me was, was watching Corny walk in and, and see his reaction for it the first time. But most of us got down there on the Sunday um, I actually had my son with me the whole time, which was a, a really cool experience in and of itself. Um, and we, we, you know, we rocked up and just walking in, I had seen, you know, I had seen some pictures and stuff like that, but as you know, bully, you know, it, it's never, it's, it, it's always different when you actually walk in and there was just this sort of palpable energy and just this sort of this feeling. And you could just, you could see everybody as they were coming in, getting swept up by it. It, it actually reminded me, a little bit of the energy backstage at all in, you know, everybody was kind of walking around going like, man, this is cool. Like, we are part of something, you know, and, and that's a really cool feeling. You know, looking at the pictures and then watching the 10 pounds of gold, like bully did it, it, it gave me goosebumps because I'm somebody from New Jersey, but I grew up watching the NWA watching the NWA is what me made me fall in love with pro wrestling. And the one yeah. thing that they did on the 10 pounds of gold, which I absolutely loved, and and Bully, we know this firsthand from some of the callers that have called into this show. Yes, it's definitely a nod to the past. It's hard not to be. Because when you think of the NWA, it's such a rich tradition in pro wrestling. You can't just ignore it. But you look at the roster that the NWA has right now. Obviously, you are at the forefront. You're the world heavyweight champion. And I meant it when I said in the introduction that, you know, I when I think of the NWA, I think of Dusty, I think of Ric Flair, and I think of you. I, I, I think you've done a tremendous job with that championship. But the roster you have now with James Storm, with Eli Drake, this is a very, very strong roster, and it's a very bright future when you talk about the NWA. No, absolutely, and that's the way that you have to have it. It's the way that I want it as the world's champion, as, as, the, as the guy, like you said, leading this promotion. Look, Billy would have done this show, you know, with or without me, but, you know, it would have been a very different story if when he first, if he had just decided, which he could have done, you know, he has, the, he has deep enough pockets and, and, and he has the, the chutzpah to do it, you know, but he, he could have very easily just done the show right from the jump. He could have just bought the NWA, got it rolling and said, okay, here's the studio show. And, and I think it would, it would have, you know, people still would have kind of looked at it and been like, oh, that's different. That's cool. But the, the work that we've done, over the last two years has really created a, a, a series of events that has generated this kind of um, affection for the brand and this desire to see it. You know, it's, we, we haven't been deliberately teasing the people with it. It's just been waiting for the right time. And, and it's just been a, a perfect storm, no pun intended, of people kind of seeing what we've done up to now, giving us a chance you know, giving us the credibility, having these milestone moments like me and Cody, like the first pay-per-view, like me and Marty at the Crockett Cup and all these different things. And then saying, we, like, when are you get like, when are we going to see a, an NWA standalone show? And we go, here we go. Oh, and by the way, it's going to be studio wrestling in Atlanta. And it's like, it's going to be a modern version of what you want it to be. This show will be 
so different to anything else in the admittedly very crowded space. But we don't sort of look at it as we're jumping into this horse race with everybody else because we think, we believe that we are going after and capturing the imagination of a lot of folks who perhaps have fallen off pro wrestling, you know, for whatever reason. And we're, you know, we're recapturing that love they had, whether it was, like I said before, something that they associated with their roots, their family, their father, their grandfather, their uncle, their older brother. We are, we are capturing something very special and, and we're doing it brick by brick. And this is, uh, you know, the energy around this has been just phenomenal. And we, we, you know, we could not be more excited and more proud of it. Nick, you did mention how much of a crowded space pro wrestling is these days. Do you truly, honestly, and realistically believe that this new weekly show will give you, you personally, a uh, a chance to carve out um, yourself as a top guy in today's wrestling scene? Uh, yeah, I do. I have to believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, have stuck around. I, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it seems to be fairly well understood at this point that, you know, there may have been some other opportunities for me earlier this year, and I decided to stay put and the reason and the reason was and and you know this is a funny thing that happens in wrestling is it's like people hear these sort of scenarios and then they then they assume that there's some sort of line in the sand being drawn look i am super proud of my friends over at AEW. i'm proud of my friends at the wwe i'm proud of my friends at ring of honor we we are just you know i am just so all in on the nwa and you know i i have been very fortunate to have been a part of, you know, a, a highly rated cable show. You know, people people can say what they want about TNA and Impact, but, you know, Bully, you and I were there. And it's like, ultimately, we were part of, a, of the number one show on Spike TV for a, num- for a number of years, and I got the opportunity. I got I got paid to get a college education in pro wrestling, you know, to work with the likes of yourselves, Beer Money, Kurt Angle, you know, Sting, Kevin Nash. The list goes on and on. But for me, this is the most significant part of my body of work. And I'm, I'm proud to say that. So looking at where we are now, I am, I, I am absolutely, you know, confident in like the, our proof of concept and what it does for me showcasing the things that I bring to the table the most as a performer in this business. You know, Nick Aldis, I, I, I definitely have to agree with what you just said because you were a part of Impact Wrestling, and Impact Wrestling, if people have forgotten, they average well over a million viewers each and every week. They were the number one show on Spike TV, and you were a big part of that show, a big part. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I beat Sting. I, you know, look, I beat Sting in the middle of the ring with my finish in a pay-per-view. You know, like th- th- those moments will never, you know, I, I, I can never replicate those. Uh, but yeah, like it's like you said, it's it, it for me. It's it, it's the sort of it is the it's the first stage of my career, and this I I feel is sort of the the, the main stage. Yeah, and I, and I actually think what you're doing on this stage with the NWA, obviously being the man on this show, to me, this is much bigger than what you were able to do with Impact Wrestling in front of over a million viewers. Because what you did, and obviously Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana, but again, you're the face of the show. People see you with the suit, with the NWA championship, that 10 pounds of gold holding in your arms. You're the face of the resurrection of a brand that, let's face it, was dead. And people have completely written off. And now people are talking about it. There's a buzz. Bully, before we went to break, before Nick Aldis joined the show, we talked to a Joe in North Carolina. This is the show that he wants to watch as a wrestling fan. He feels that pro wrestling has gone too mainstream and needs to go back to its roots. And that's the NWA. And you're the face of that show. You have to be proud of that fact. I am. And, and, and you know, again, it's like I mentioned before, you know, we don't, if if we mention something about our show that differentiates it from the other options out there in the marketplace, we're we're, we're not throwing shade at those. You know, like we understand that when you when you sign a a, a bazillion dollar deal with you know someone like Fox, like that's a huge thing for our entire industry. Like you know, and hats off to the WWE. Like what what an incredible you know what an incredible feat 
but it, it creates certain restrictions and it creates a certain environment where things have to be a little more measured and a little more controlled. So when we sit there and say, hey, this show, you know, we, we, just thought we, we made a point to, to assemble some of the best extemporaneous speakers on the open market in this business. And that's going to be something that separates our shows, that we walk out to the old school podium and Dave Marquez or Joe Galley or Jim Cornette gives us a line, puts the mic in front of us, and we go. We rip, you know, and that's like, that, that's a skill. You know, that, those are reps that, you know, a lot of guys in our business are going to have to develop because if they want to if they want to work for us, because some of us have had experience of it. And that's why when you see the show tonight, you know, we go, we go with our best foot forward as far as like, you know, on the microphone. But some of the younger talent, the newer talent like Ricky Starks, who's, you know, to me is like, that's my draft pick right there. You know, they might have to see this and it's going to force everybody to lift their game up on the mic, you know, and we, we want to talk you into the building. We want to have guys speaking from the heart, not from a script, from their guts, you know, and whatever comes out, sometimes it might be a little awkward, but it comes out and it's real. And it's, you know, for lack of a better term, it's raw. And that's what we're going for with this because that to me is the essence of what captured my imagination with pro wrestling. And that's what we're going for with the NWA. Nick, I know why the NWA looks different right now, but tell me why the NWA is better than any other wrestling company out there right now. It feels real because it is real. Like I, like I just said before, when an Eli Drake or a Nick Aldis or an Allison Kay or a James Storm or Ken Anderson walks out there and they speak like that's coming from their heart. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's their words, that's their thoughts. And when you see these things unfold, like we, we embrace the things about us that are unique and we don't try to, we don't try to sugarcoat anything. We don't try to hide anything like, Hey, yeah, we probably couldn't fill an arena right now. We did a pretty good job at the Crockett Cup, but you know, we are not at the level to be, doing the Staples Center in L.A. on, you know, on national television. And we are totally okay with that. And we are unapologetic wrestling, okay? We are going to capture that spirit that, you know, like I said before, I've been all around the, the Tennessee, the Carolinas, Georgia, you know, the, the Mid-Atlantic. And all like the, the, the most frequent thing I get told from fans is like, man, you know, something about today's wrestling just doesn't appeal to me. And, Man, I used to sit on my daddy's lap and watch, you know, watch Dusty Rhodes or watch Ric Flair or watch the NWA, you know, or, and it's like, that's, that, that's okay. Like we want to get, we want to get those guys and we want to carve ourselves out in that fashion. And when you see our show, it's going to fly by because it's going to be like a real in your face kind of showcase of some big personalities and some big heated moments and then some matches, but the matches are showcase matches. They are like, hey, here's what these guys bring to the table. You want to see more? Tune in next week or buy a ticket to live event or pay-per-view. Well, one thing you just said that really got me excited, maybe not as excited as Gabby was when she talked to you on the phone earlier, but very excited as a wrestling fan, and you said unapologetic wrestling. Over the last 20 years, that's almost become a quote-unquote dirty word. And it needs to come back, and I think the NWA is doing it. 605 Eastern on YouTube.com slash NWA and on Facebook.com slash NWA. You'll be able to watch the debut episode tonight, again, at 605 Eastern time. And it was a pleasure being joined by the real world champion, Mr. Nick Aldis. Nick, thanks so much for the time today. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you for giving us a platform to promote our brand. Absolutely. It's our pleasure because I believe in the NWA and I believe in this show and I believe in you as World Heavyweight Champion. So thank you very much. Thanks, David. Thanks, Bully. Take care, guys. Take care, Nick. I'm, Good luck. I, I, I'm, I got to be honest with you, Bully. Like, I can't wait for 605. Like, I know... You're, it's, it's Christmas morning for you, isn't it? It really is. And, and listen, I was excited for uh, the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox. I was excited for AEW's debut episode on TNT. But there is nothing like, as an old school fan like myself, the NWA. And I really am. It's going to be like Christmas morning come 6.05. I'm going to be glued to this show 
because I want this to succeed. And when you hear unapologetic wrestling, you would agree, Bully. That's become a dirty word, wrestling. I mean, this, it's not wrestling. It's, That's what Vince, Vince yeah. hates pro wrestling. Yeah, he, he, and I love that. That's what I fell in love with. So I'm really looking forward to this show tonight. On a personal level, I want to see Billy succeed because I know how much he loves wrestling. He is also a really good dude who's a lot of fun to talk to, whether you're talking rock and roll or pro wrestling. Most of all, he has a tremendous amount of respect for our industry. Also on a personal level, I want to see Lagana succeed because when it comes to storytelling, Lagana is really great at what he does. Worked with him in, in TNA. You see what he's done with the 10 pounds of gold. Really good stuff. Uh, guys like Storm, Anderson, Nick, yep. work with them in TNA. Want to see them succeed. Good luck to the NWA. Tune in at 6.05 tonight. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. 